Why do creatives suck at sales? Do you ever wish life had an undo button? Walking the balance between business and the creative life can be hard. But Matt and Shelby are here to attempt to answer the tough questions, so you don't need an undo. Presented by Made by Things, this is the Command Z Show. All right. <laughs> Great. <laughs> you just, you interrupted my intro, Shelby. It was going to be a good one. And when you interrupted me, I lost everything. And uh, now this is our intro. This is the, the intro that we're going to stick with. This this little fumbling of, of words. Anyway, welcome to the Command Z Show. Uh, my name's Matt. I'm here with Shelby and our mystery guest, which it's not a really a mystery if you're clicking on this podcast to listen at this point, but we'll get there in just a second. Um, but anyway, today's show uh, is a really special one to me. It's uh, It's really important for me to be able to get people on our show that I feel like could answer some really, really difficult questions. And um, sometimes that's that's getting people that um, you may not suspect as being one that has a lot of great answers to things. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the guest that we have today is Kelly Sales. Now, a little bit, let me, let me do a little intro first to Kelly. Uh, I've, I've known Kelly for, I don't know, it's been like six or, it's been seven years, I think, somewhere around there. I think so. Yeah, and um, at this time, I, we were working at a studio together. I was an animator, just tucked away in the corner, and I always saw Kelly running back and forth, and always just bubbly and happy, and uh, talking with clients all the time, and uh, I, I was always fascinated very early on, like, what, what exactly does she do? Like, okay, so she does... What is she doing? Right, right. So, like, people would say, like, oh, she does business development. I'm like, I've never heard of this word before. Like, I have no idea what that means, even a little bit. So I, f I found myself sort of studying a little bit and just paying very close attention to, like, the conversations that you were having, like, the... the I mean, obviously, it wasn't in the meetings that you had, but, like, just seeing how you talk to everybody, including, like, bringing clients in, showing them around and stuff... Um, and again, I was just kind of captivated from from day one, just just seeing how you worked with people, just seeing how your personality just completely, I don't know, uplifted everyone around you. You know, you're definitely somebody that gives energy to the room when you walk into it. And uh, wow. yeah, so all of that being said, that's amazing. <laughs> all of that being said, Kelly, why don't you go ahead and give a, give a your version of your intro? <laughs> yeah. Well, gosh, that's that's amazing. Thank yeah. you. And we've talked several times, you know, since we started working together and uh, you told me how you kind of paid attention to the business development process when we were working together and after. And that it's just amazing to hear that because um, I like it when artists pay attention to everything that it takes to bring a project in. And that's really important. Uh, the team is very important, but my introduction, I'm Kelly Sells. I've been in business development uh, representing, uh, and I use that word representing always because it's a team effort, um, animation studios and live action and production studios for over 25 years, close to 30 years now. And um, it's really all I've done in, in the last 25, 30 years. Um, and 
it's it's like you said, always been based on relationship development. I've never referred to what I do as sales. Right. Um, and I have no idea what question you're going to hit me with today. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's just something that I always preface when I'm when I'm talking to anyone is that it's really relationship development. And that's my process. Right. You know, that process is not always right for everyone in every studio. But that's always been my process. Right, so. right. So this this leads perfectly yeah. to the question that I have. Oh, good. And, um, <clears throat> let's see. How do I want to say this? Why do creatives suck at sales? Now, before you answer it, um, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna use that word sales, right? And you said like I don't consider what I do sales, yeah. but whenever other creatives are talking amongst each other, that's what it is. They're like, Oh, I'm no good at sales. I can't go out there and like pitch myself. Like, I just want to do the work. Like I, you know, have troubles getting work to come in. Um, I, I hate being salesy and the, like, just, I don't know, those sort of, um, what's it called? I don't know. Just images of used car salesmen dance through their brains at these moments where yeah. they're like, I don't, I don't want to yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah. It's not like, that's not me. That's not my personality. Um, yeah. So starting, starting at that, like, okay, why, why do creatives suck at sales? Take it away. Okay. Um, well, it's, it's a suck is a strong word. Um, but I hear, I mean, I know what, I know what you're saying cause you're a creative yourself. Um, and I think probably the main reason is because they think of it as sales. They think of it as okay, I need to get out there. I need to contact as many people as I can. I need to talk about my widgets, which you're not selling widgets. You're selling creative and relationships and trust and, you know, educate and, you know, research and strategy and all the things that creative directors have to do, have always had to do. I was going to say these days, but that's not the case. I mean, it's always been that way. So I think they suck at sales because they think of it as sales. And I have my thoughts on how to remedy that. I don't know where, you know, if you want yeah, me to let's... go into any of the development stuff. But, you know, I think of the ones I've worked with, creative directors in my career have always been my most important partner my most important partner at any studio and any of the clients I work with now as a consultant have got to be the creative director and the head of production or the executive producer or, you know, whoever's filling that role, those two roles, the operation side and the creative side. Um, I could not have done what I did in my career without those teams. Um, so not think of thinking of it as sales that immediately stresses you out when you're a creative you're not going to get anywhere in your head with business development or sales if you're thinking of it as sales um it should always be thought of as relationship development and if you are that person that owner operator like i know you are um and you're responsible for sales and like you, you want to be that person. That's your preference right now. Um, and a lot of owner operators, it's their preference. And so they just need to learn to think a little differently about sales and 
have the team members there delegate to them some of the things that can help the team with right. sales. Um, I am absolutely nothing without the people behind me. And that's always what I preach to my studios is I have a friendly personality. I'm a smart person. I love to go out and knock on doors and talk to people, but I get nowhere without the talent right. of you guys standing behind right. I, me. And I was going to yeah. say, like, I think that's, that's a big thing there is that a lot of creatives, I mean, I guess we could say that most are relatively introverted. You consider yourself an extrovert, Kelly? Yeah. It's funny. Everybody asks me that. I do in my professional. Right. I will walk up to a door. I will knock on it. I will stick my head in and right. no problem. But that's because they're a stranger right. to me. And I want to tell them about this amazing team that I'm representing. In my personal life, I'm more of an introvert. Like I, I don't go out. I'm not as social. I hate crowds. Right. You know, it's like I, and I think it's because of my right. profession, you know, I do enough of that, you know, 10, 12 hours right. a day. Yeah. So, so and uh, that, yeah, that's, it's yeah. really fascinating to me because I, I feel like I'm really, really similar where I, yeah, personally much happier, just kind of relaxing, not going out. I've always been that way. Like even in like college, everyone's going to parties. I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm not interested. just want to relax. Um, yeah. But it, it came to a point where I'm like, okay, if I want to start a business, like you just, you have to be good at getting out there. Like you don't have an option really. Like, I guess there's a right. lot of things as, as a business owner where you're like, you're always, you run into things where you're like, no, I don't want to do these things, but you're, you kind of focus a little bit more on the big picture. Like, okay, well, if I want this, then I need to, to do these things. If I'm not enjoying these things, it's because I'm not good at them. And if I'm not good at them, then I need to practice more and figure out how to become better yeah, at those things. Exactly. And yeah, I don't know. Like, so yeah. And, so. and I, yeah, I love that about you. Um, as an owner operator, not, not all creatives or owner operators. It's not that they don't want to, they have no idea how right, right. to, you know, make that separation from being a creative director, being the owner operator, being involved in projects to the relationship development side and getting out there outside of being a creative right. director. Um, so, some do, you know, but most, most of them don't. And most of them aren't able to give up the idea of moving away from the right. sales side I, of I think it, so much know? of it is that, you know, as a creative, you spend so much time like learning about software, learning about just how to be creative. You, you learn about so oh much gosh, of this stuff, yeah. but then it's, I think it is tough for some people to kind of turn their head a little bit to the side and be like, Oh, okay. now I need to learn this other thing. That's more about business and not about what I've been working my entire life to be able to do. So I think, maybe it causes exactly. some kind of identity crisis a little bit where they're like, Oh, okay. Like now I have it to does. do this thing. Like, no, I just, I'll have somebody else do that. And I just, for me, it was tough at first. And I, I made a ton of mistakes, like a lot of mistakes that could have burned a lot of bridges. Luckily they didn't. Um, and, 
it was it was just interesting stuff like you know contacting uh old clients of companies that I worked for and like I didn't oh, okay yeah <laughs> I didn't I don't know I didn't I didn't see it yeah. from any other lens other than the fact that I'm just I'm gonna right. go I'm gonna be aggressive and I'm gonna try to make this work um right and you were free right, at that time yeah so you know yeah so that makes sense and that is that's a fine fine line it is yeah it's in business development too it's a right, it's right. a small state the Midwest is very small. Yeah. In our industry. Let me go to this. Yeah. So, you know, how this is such a long question or such a long potential answer for it, but um, like, how, how do you build the relationship (laughs) with potential clients? I know. Wow. Um, Yeah. Well, I mean, if I think back to my most, long-term clients, you know, agencies and direct to client people that have moved around from place to place, agency to agency. You know, if I, if I think about that, how did I do that? Honestly, Matt, it goes back again to the passion I had for the studio that I was working for. I truly believed every time I worked with that client that we could make them better and they could make us better. And, you know, it's, I, I say this to my clients now, you have when, especially when we're looking for a business development person to help them sell or develop or produce or whatever, there's a lot of different hats that business development people need to wear. Um, You know, the first thing I tell them is you, you have got to be passionate about what you're selling or you're never going to develop a relationship with someone. And I truly believed every time I worked with someone that, that I could develop that relationship past one project. I never wanted a one-off relationship. I knew I had to start with a one-off relationship, but it was more important to me for them to see why working with us was going to make things easier for them and more consistent for them and, you know, more collaborative for them. And in most cases it, that was the case. In most cases, our clients were long-term clients, you know? And so how do I do that? I really focus on the person. I really focus on their personality. I really focus on how they like to work. Um, it's so funny to me these days, lead generation software is so important for business development, especially since the pandemic, whether it's LinkedIn or, you know, another piece of software or another relationship that you're, that you're joining forces with. Um, it's just all about consistency and being relevant and keeping up with clients in a way that you are kind of supporting something that they're not even thinking about yet. You know, like I always, I always say when I wa- don't think for a minute, when you walk out of a presentation that by the time they have their next meeting or the time they end their day, that they're going to remember you because they're not, you know, they have 10 other of you calling them, emailing them, coming right behind you where they're probably showing them, you know, relevant work, the same type of work, the same quality of work. 
the reason that they're going to call you is a, because of your personality and how you truly care about what they need to do. And B, they just saw something from you the other day that made them think, oh, oh, I forgot about Kelly and that studio. You know, I, I like their work. I'm going to call them. Right. If you're not constantly content, 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 if you're not constantly sending things out to represent your work, it's going to be tough. It's yep. going to be more slow moving than it already is. And and it's a slow moving process. Right. right. No, that's uh, I think that's a really good way to put it. Uh, it kind of leads me to one of the things that I always talk about. Like, you know, if you want to run a successful business, I think that one, I think that it's you have to stay top of mind of people. Uh, you can't yep. take any offense to the fact that like if you, no. you know, you're trying to work with somebody and then they work with somebody else instead. Like it's it's not it's exactly. not personal at all. Like, Let it go. There's a good chance that they honestly just forgot. Yep. And, you know, it's just one of those things where for me, that's that's always what I'm thinking about is like, all right, there's it's it's trying to stay top of mind however you can. Um, yeah, but like. I think the, the biggest thing, honestly, is just picking up the phone when they call or responding to emails in a relatively quick way whenever something like that Absolutely. comes up. Absolutely. There are so, so many people Absolutely. lose work for that one simple thing. They lose work from us. Like even like if we try to yeah. work with a freelancer, like if, if it's been like four days yeah. and we haven't heard from you, we're going to we're going to find someone else that can do the job. Like that's just exactly. kind of how this works. Um. Exactly. And it, it's very much the same. Like, I, I honestly feel like 75% of the success that Made by Things has had is because we respond to requests <laughs> relatively quick. Even, even yeah. if it's just like saying, hey, yeah. you know what? I'm really busy today. Like, let me get back to you tomorrow uh, by this time. Like, as exactly. long as you just set those expectations, like, that's the start. That's the very start yep. of building that relationship. And if you can build it with exactly. that trust... Like that's, that is absolutely the most important thing there. There's been times where we've yeah. won projects over much bigger studios that you, some could say do better work in some ways. I probably wouldn't say that, but some could, um, we, we won projects by bidding more, um, than a competing studio. And it was mostly yeah. because of that relationship. It was the two years of yeah. just, hey, what are you doing? You want to get lunch real quick? Like, see what's going on. And just exactly. the sending, like, updates. Hey, we just did this project. Thought you might think this is cool. Like, it's... Exactly. There's, I don't know, there's so much little yeah. stuff to it. And no, not at any point during any of these conversations do I, like, all right, so when are we going to work together? Like, <laughs> I don't say that. It's yeah, really just, exactly. like, I don't know, being friendly and yeah. just trying to understand the other person. I think that's the most important part of sales, but I don't know. Yeah, exactly. It's all, it's, it's also, you know, I, I think I mentioned earlier the, just the constant moving around of people too. It's really important. You know, they move from one position to another within an organization or they move in, into a new organization or, you know, agency people are jumping around all the time it's, I think it's really important, and this is something that I've always done, is really paying attention to people and their lives and, and you know, what they're doing and where they're going and reaching out to them when they go. And, you know, and it's not really when can we work together again. It's like, if there's anything I can do for you or 
you know, if you want to have a quick coffee or conversation about the new position and, you know, I'm, I, I'm excited to hear about it, you know, and I've always done that too. And it's, it's, I don't know, I genuinely care about where people are going and why, because I learn a lot from my clients and, you know, I think that's important too. And that takes time and, and, but you, but, but I'm not saying that you have to make that part of your job. If you, if that's something you don't enjoy, then business development's going to be right, hard for right. you, you know, or sales is going to be hard for you, you know, and you mentioned picking up the phone and calling and, oh my gosh, these days I have such a hard time <laughs> getting right, the right. younger generation to pick up the phone. It's always so refreshing to me when I do meet someone that right. enjoys that, that's younger and aggressive and out there wanting to do, you know, right. business development. Right. Um, yeah. So picking up that phone and calling people, people weren't answering for a while, but they're answering <laughs> yeah. again. You know, you can get yeah. a hold of people again <laughs> where you literally couldn't right. before when everything was shutting down. That was maddening for me. Yeah. It was Shelby, maddening. What do you think? Yeah. This, um, this actually yeah. reminded me of, of something really interesting that I, I've been told um, as a writer where, because a lot of writers are introverted and a lot of writers don't want to go out. A lot of writers are very scared to meet yeah. a lot of other people. Exactly. Um, there was, uh, I was working with one of the older writers. He works in, he works in LA. He's kind of one of the veteran writers. And, um, he gave me great and just my favorite piece of advice. He said, keep an Excel spreadsheet of everyone you meet with important information about them. Just little details, yeah. even if it's just yes. their dog's name. So later on, you can ask them and just say, hey, they yes. can, then later they say, that person remembered a really important personal detail about me. They really care about our relationship right. because yeah. those little details can, can make or break right. a relationship, especially, I mean, if you're bidding against a bigger company or something exactly. like that, it's, it's good to be able to have those personal relationships as well because you establish that trust. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I mean, my database, that's so true. My database has kids' names, colleges they went to, <laughs> dogs, I mean, birth dates, you know, it's like, yeah, it's, you know, and before mm -hmm. I get on a call with someone, I remind myself, you know, of some of that personal information or the last cover, you know, that I love the way Google um, organizes emails now, because I'll go back to someone that I'm talking to or doing a capabilities presentation with or whatever. And I'll, I'll look at my email string with them. Like what was our conversation? Like the last time we talked or the last project that we did, or, you know, I'll remember something about that client that they, they hate, like when they're, when they're working, like they want two rounds right. of revisions and that's it. Or, you know, it's just those little things about working and, they like to email or they don't like to email. They like to talk in person. Um, you know, I, I just try to remind myself of that person's work personality because so many of my clients I've gotten to know outside of work and, you know, I still work with them, but there's a big difference when I'm on a call with someone as a client and when we're just catching up, having coffee, you know, I try to keep it their, their days are busy and yeah, we know each other and we know we just got back from vacation or whatever, but let's yeah. talk about the project right now. You know, we can have coffee later, but 
it's one of the things I was going to say earlier that I think skipped my mind all that Excel spreadsheet is the best advice that anyone could have given you and take a look at the lead generation software. Now take a look at LinkedIn, take a look at Winmo, take a look at, you know what they're telling people that are paying for their lists and their service. They're telling people how people want to communicate. They don't like to talk on the phone. They like to be casual. They're all about business. You know, if you look at some of that software, they give you a personality profile of everyone that you're going to be reaching out to. Yeah. It's so important. That's really interesting. That I'd say that was one of the biggest things yeah. for me. Um, I, I can't remember where I heard it, but it was something like if you had 200 people, like 200 people that could use your services, then that's how you can start your business, basically. Like it would take 200 people and just constantly reaching out to them every month or so. And I, I don't know, yeah. I don't know why that number was 200. I don't, I don't know what it was to it. Yeah. But for me, that was like, when I heard that, I was like, okay, that's what I need to do is that I need to make sure that I have 200 people that could potentially use my services. I, let me take, let me take one step back here real quick. Yeah, We're selling pretty high ticket items, right? You can sell a, a notebook, a pencil, like you can sell that without any sales at all, potentially. I mean, you could just focus on advertising if that's the case. Right. But the higher ticket these items are, right. the more face-to-face, -face, the more trust is going to be required in that relationship for somebody to you know, be ready to make a purchase. So anyway, so for me, it yeah. was um, I spent a lot of time with CRMs, so contact relationship management tools. And it was it yeah. was that idea where it's yeah. like, okay, as yeah. long as it I, – I have used a couple different tools over time. I currently don't use one at all. I I should, but I don't. Um, but basically, yeah, it, it maybe, depends. Maybe we go not. through little little seasons, basically. Like, it depends. If, I don't mean to, yeah, I don't know, sound arrogant, but right now, like, I can't even. I'm struggling to keep up with the incoming leads that we have right now. So, for me, I'm like, we're starting to actually turn yeah. things yeah. off um, rather than turn things on. Wow, <laughs> it is, but, awesome. and I know, I know, I know that over time, I'll have to turn it back on again. I get it, right? I'm not trying to say anything else, but, um, but so a, a CRM is one of those things for us <laughs> where it's like, it will go through all my emails and tell me mm -hmm. when the last time I talked to somebody was. So I'm like, Ooh, it's been 180 days. Yep. I should probably just reach back out and just see how things are going with them. Yeah. Um, and it just, to me, that yep. really helped just kind of frame everything as again, just staying top of mind, but again, not trying to do the old sales pitch, right? It's just, see what's going on. Like yeah. more often than not, like, right. See what's going on. Be years, relevant. Yeah. I would say, I don't know a percentage cause I wasn't keeping track of the time, but a lot of projects that I would get early on was because of one of those messages. Someone's like, so weird that you contacted me yesterday, late last night, we had a team yes. meeting saying we need to do a video yeah. on this thing. I'm like, yeah, boom, right place, right time. And I'll take it. Like, yeah, <laughs> like that's exactly. And that's exactly right. No, it's very true. It's very true. Yeah. Those CRMs can be overwhelming. I do know people that say they had to turn theirs off because they were getting so many leads mm -hmm. that they can't keep up with it. And then, you know, it's the, the frequency of reaching out is really important. Um, and a lot of times it can become overwhelming, but with those tools, it helps you right. be a little more organized. Um, there's a lot of great tools out there. It just depends on what you need. Uh, is it okay Go if I ahead. throw a question back to you? 
because I'm I know what a great job you do with business development. I mean, I I know you. I follow you on LinkedIn. You know, it's very impressive how you keep made by things brand and messaging consistent. And that's, you know, that's business development in itself, but you're doing it in a way where you're representing your studio every time you do it. And that's really important. How, how often a week, a month, do you focus on making sure that you're reaching out to a portion as an owner operator um, to a portion of those 200 people in your database? So Initially, again, it was like, all right, getting those people in there. And then it was like, okay, every between 90 and 100 day, 180 days, I wanted to make sure I was reaching back out to these people. Okay. That's definitely slipped off over the last year. Honestly, I've gotten, I've gotten too busy. Okay. And the biggest thing that I look at, I keep a lot of metrics now. Um, I'm very, I don't know, very much love the money ball approach to things where it's like, this much money to get me this yeah. much effort kind of thing. And it's paying attention to as much yeah. data as we can. And again, this is one of those things where just like sales, it's just not for some people. But for me, I'm very analytical. I'm, I love the math that goes behind things. Um, I much yeah. rather make decisions based on numbers like that. So one, one of the things that I look out for is that yeah. I have a leads per week goal, right? And I'm constantly tracking them. For the last two years, I've tracked every single time that anyone contacts me about a project, even if it's something that's, you know, super low budget and we have to say no to. Um, so I keep track of all these things. I can go back yeah. the last two years and tell you the day that every single person contacted me to work on a project. So based, wow. based on that, awesome. I can then say, okay, well, okay, now we're averaging this many leads per week. Um, and then... Every time that number dips below or goes higher, I kind of know how I need to respond generally. So like like May for us was a weird okay. month where May dipped down. So I I was like, that's that's strange. Huh. To me, I was like, okay, incoming recession, is this is this it? Like is this is this where things go? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess just after yeah. going through COVID, you kind of see the signs a little bit easier now. So for me, I'm like, okay, I'm seeing yeah. less leads come in. Obviously, if we hit less leads, that means we're doing less projects and less business overall later on. So it's kind of like this, it's it's this future telling right. goal or future telling piece of data that I don't, a lot of people don't keep track of it. But like, uh, to me, I'm like, uh, if I didn't keep track of that, I would have no idea where the business is going to be in three months from now. Um, and yeah. I, anyway, so yeah. in May, I was like, oh, shit, got to do something, got to, I got to change what I'm spending more of my time on. So it was, okay, let's start reaching out to some people. Um, let's, um, I started like the a summer referral program kind of thing. We just kind of put it out there, just trying to get, trying to get past yeah, clients to write testimonials. And also, yeah. you know, if they have something coming up at that time, yeah. great. Um, and then yeah. I, there was, I don't know. I just, I basically sat down for the entire day. I'm like, all right, what can I do right now? to try to correct okay. this amount of leads. Well, then then what I saw was that in June, yeah. we had more leads than we've ever had in a month of June ever. So I was like, okay, like, wow. and now I'm, I'm figuring it out. Like now I'm starting to connect the dots a little bit more. Again, not yeah. to say that I'm any sort of like expert or whatever. Every business is different and 
I don't know. It could have just been luck, honestly, and I'm fine with that too. But, um, well, that's amazing. It's amazing. And I think what you're telling me right now, that that's why I asked because the question you asked me originally, why do creative directors suck at selling at sales? Um, you know, you're a creative director and it's rare for a creative director to have both the analytical and the creative side mm -hmm. of what you do. So those types of, plus you have a deep, deep appreciation. I mean, all the way back to being, I don't know, you were super, you're young now, but you're super, you were so young at Space Junk. You know, even going way back to knowing that you were watching me and observing what the business development process was, you know, that tells me that you appreciate, and that's the most important word, you value and appreciate right. business development. Therefore, you're better at it than most because you have that value and appreciation right. for what it takes. And you just demonstrated in your answer that it takes a lot and consistent work, right. you know, to get those leads. And most owner operators, creative directors right. are not able to do that and process both sides of it. More importantly, they're not able to dedicate the time consistently that it takes right. to develop those relationships. And it's hard for them to let someone right. in to and do honestly, that for that's, them. That's been, that's, that's been me from when I was a kid, honestly. Like I, my mom always tells me the story. I don't remember. I was too young. But my my brother and sister, let's just say they made a lot of mistakes when they were they were younger. But I have two older siblings, and I was I was the good kid, right? And my mom seemed to just wonder why that was, and I was like, well, I see whenever they do things how it makes you feel. So I'm like, I can't remember what the analogy was here. I'm like, I, I think I told her that it, it's almost like I'm standing on some sort of hill, watching down on like all this stuff happen. And then trying to not make the same yeah. sort of mistakes. Uh, I, I, honestly, I think that the, the biggest thing comes right. with just empathy in general. I don't want to make people feel bad. I, I like making people feel good. Mm -hmm. And I think right. that's, that's the part that helps me with right. that sales side of things. Um, but then yep. creating is what makes me feel good. So it's, it's kind of this thing where I want to feel good. Yep. And I want other people to feel good. Um, and yep. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's rare. It's hard. You know, it's funny now that I'm just on my own. So much of the time I spend with my clients right, is right. almost like therapy. You know, a lot of it, especially at the beginning, I have a 90 minute mm -hmm just kind of discovery that I do with clients initially, just to make sure we're going to be a good fit. And so much of that is asking questions that helps me try to determine how willing they're going to be to change. And some of them never will. Yeah. And some of them are great at it, you know, but again, it's going back to that relationship development. You know, I, have very few clients that are cold new clients. My clients are people that I've worked with for a long time or that I've been referred by someone right. that I've worked with for a long time. 
you know, and so Mm -hmm. there's already a little bit of trust there when I start working with them or they know, you know, of me and the studios that I, you know, developed and that type of thing. But so much of it is therapy. And that, that goes to that. It goes to a couple of different things there. So one, you see a lot of stuff, anyone that's listening, anyway that follows me on LinkedIn, like you'll see a lot of just me being as vulnerable as I am in real life, right? It's that idea of vulnerability. Yeah, yeah. One, it's it's always been easier for me to just kind of have my heart on my sleeve, I guess, and just, just say things. It makes, again, that's another one of those things that makes me feel better. And me I too. see the response that people have where they're like, oh, wow, right. like, I feel that same way. And it's like, like that to me, that's my way of connecting with people. And I do the same thing with, with clients too. Yeah. Like if somebody, you know, calls and they want to do a project and, you know, I want to understand kind of where they're coming from. I want to understand some of the goals that they have, why any decisions that are there yeah. have already been made and um, be able to share anything f- from, from my life personally that can do that. So like, like one of the things, I hope this doesn't sound bad, but like um, we had a client last year that worked at a children's hospital. And uh, I've spent more time mm-hmm. than a parent should at a children's hospital. So I already have a deeper connection to yeah. a children's hospital. So on this client, this first time yeah. I'm talking to these people, I'm almost in tears. And I'm like, all right, let's not let's not go there. Like, I'm not I'm not trying to put on a show or any of this stuff. I just I feel yeah. and I feel pretty openly, I yeah. guess. And yes. Honestly, I mean, looking back at it now, I'm like, I feel like that was a a big part of why they chose us was because they knew that if if we take this project, it is personal. Absolutely. This is not like, this is not just another paycheck to us. And that's that's the kind of stuff that everybody on my team wants to do. We want to do this stuff that's personal to us. And, um, but it was something as, as small as that to be able to just say what you're feeling sometimes, I think is the thing that connects us and it builds trust and it builds a relationship and I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that that philosophy is really important in kickoff meetings and brainstorm meetings and, you know, setting it, it's important for me, the business. It always has been important. Again, my process, you know, I really I don't I haven't built my career by reading, you know, certain books or applying for certain strategies for say it's just really been relationship development and then of course I do I'm very disciplined Mm -hmm. extremely disciplined in what I do um but you know that that honesty and vulnerability is important in kickoff meetings and brainstorms and the client really feeling a connection with you is really important especially as a creative um it's also important and a lot of people don't do this as much but it's also very important to me when a project is done. Now, if it was if it was absolutely perfect and I knew everything went really well and I and I know at the you just know at the end of it right, that right. it was a great experience. In that case, I'll do some type of an immediate thank you or you know, send them a gift card or you know, just do something to thank them mm-hmm. genuinely for working with us. In other cases, that same openness and vulnerability is important in a postmortem, like making sure that you contact a client that you've worked with the first time 
or maybe in a completely different way. Maybe they've always done animation and all of a sudden they wanted to do mixed media or live action or stop motion or something like that. You know, it's always really important, no matter how well you think it went, to follow up and say, how was that experience for you? You know, I know it was a little different. Was there anything we can help you with that maybe you want to learn as a result of doing stop motion now? You know, like, again, really caring about the experience that that client had with you. All right. So one question that I that I have is, I guess... Well, I guess there's there's two things that I'm that I'm curious here, but let's go with the first thing here, and that is for people looking to kind of go out on their own, for individual freelancers. I think I think this is another thing where freelancers often think that they don't have to kind of do any business development of their own. They think That's that I can just go freelance and I can do this thing, and all of a sudden they get all this freedom in the That's world and true. I can go to the beach and work and all that stuff. But so what what advice do you give to uh, those individuals jumping out on their own that all of a sudden realize that, uh Oh yeah, this doesn't, um, it's funny like because that. I do a lot of mentoring and talking to young people that are just coming out of college or, um, leaving a job and wanting to go freelance. And, you know, I, I talk a lot about this. The first thing I tell people when they're either planning to be, um, a freelancer from the get-go or if they're jumping ship to be a freelancer I give them my 90-10 speech <laughs> which you may have even heard Matt at Space Junk I don't know but it's 90% um, personality 10% talent if you're a jerk I don't want to work with you I don't care how talented you are and you know I, I want we want people on our team that are collaborative and cooperative and care about people and not just their craft. Um, so I tell them right away that, you know, when you get out there as an individual, you have to be not just an artist, you have to be a relationship developer, you have to care about your clients, you have to pay attention and listen. Um, you have to hold to schedules. It's not just going to be when you want to work and you know, sometimes there's deadlines that might interrupt other things in your day. Um, so I tell them that personality matters. Um, and being a genuine person, if they just want to sit behind a box and work, then they probably shouldn't freelance. Um, and they probably should be in a place where they can practice their craft all day. Um, if they are going to go out on their own, I tell them the exact same thing that you said earlier, Shelby, in that start a database right away, have an idea of who you want to reach out to, find somebody to talk to that can help you determine who you want to reach out to. Like, don't reach out to places that you don't want to work for or brands that you don't want to represent, you know, give some thought originally to how you would structure your business because it is a business even if you're a freelancer you know it is a, and then we get into please pay your taxes please get an accountant you know all those right. kinds of things but right. those are the i mean it's really those are the first things i tell them is it's personality it's dedication build a database get to know your clients send your work out when it's done show as much personal work as you can Personal work matters. Um, you know, it represents you as an artist in a way that 
you won't always be represented as, you know, uh, uh, in the studio or as an artist. Clients are going to make changes to your work that you're not going to be happy about. Um, but that's okay because use your personal work or do a director's cut or whatever. Um, so I, that's for the young ones coming out. I pretty much tell them some of the same things that I tell my grown clients, you know, the owner operators, um, that, mm -hmm. you know, you have to be pleasant to work with. Talent can be taught, but you have to be pleasant to work with and you have to focus on your business. Um, and a lot of people, you know, I can tell just by the way they're staring back at me, the ones that get it and the ones that have no idea what I'm talking about, you know, and those usually sidebar right. later and say, can I have coffee with you? Because I really didn't understand what you were saying and I'd like to learn more or they decide, you know, it's probably not a good idea to right. freelance right from the get go. Right. I, I think that's a, that's a good point. Um, I, I get a lot of people asking me the same questions. I get a lot of people asking for like coffee and stuff like that on LinkedIn. Cause they're like, I, I want to know like how you're doing all this. And I'm like, the only yeah. thing you see is that I post to LinkedIn every day. And I don't feel like that's very difficult. I think what you were going, going to earlier, it's just discipline where it's like, it's the yeah. first thing on my checklist every day. So I do it. Some posts are good and some are crappy and I'm not happy with them, but that's not yeah, really for me I mean, to decide. Exactly. Honestly. Exactly. So it's it's just, discipline. You know. And whether you're sitting behind a box in a, in an agency or a studio, you have to be disciplined to their pipeline and process or that doesn't change. Mm -hmm. A lot of, a lot of people think, Ooh, I'm going to go freelance and I won't have anyone looking over my shoulder or, giving me, you know, making me fill out a timesheet or giving me my tasks, my daily tasks, you know, right. and deadlines. It's not going to be, it needs to be that way when you go as a freelancer. You need to, those pipelines and processes are there for right. a reason. And if you don't like them, then re restructure 100%. them for yourself when you go as a freelancer. Try different things, right. but don't think that you're just going to have this yeah. wonderful, easy life where everything's just going to come to you magically you know <laughs> right right that's a really good point too is that and I, again I'm, I'm guilty of this myself and maybe maybe this is one of those things that you just sort of have, you have to, to learn, learn your for yourself um, as you go through things but and that's like for me I was like I feel like every place that I've ever worked at has been doing it wrong and the longer I'm in business the more I find myself adapting to some of the ways that they did things I mean, I don't regret anything that I did, but it was just like I had to figure out why right. certain things were the way that they right. were. Yeah, it's um, it, it's hard for a and, studio uh, to yeah. support business development. It's really, really hard. Right. Um, the, the last sort of question that I have here is, I'm curious how, so you said 25 years you've been doing this. I, I'd have to imagine I that. counting. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, <laughs> uh, I guess I'm, I'm curious, like how you've, you've seen things change a little bit. Obviously, again, the common denominator is relationships. I don't think right. that that has ever changed or will ever change, but kind of looking at this sort of trajectory that we are sort of on right now, 
Do you see business development changing oh, a lot over the next yeah. 25 years? I mean, it's already changed drastically since the mm -hmm. pandemic. You know, like, like I said, conversations stopped, phone calls stopped. Um, for me, I've always been a relationship face-to-face. -face. I would go to every city that we did business in to see, not only see my clients, to not only do new business development, but to see my clients, to show up and bring lunch and tell them what we've been up to, maybe a new artist, a new technique that we're doing, you know, find out what their challenges have been, what they're looking for, you know, that type of thing. So that all stopped, um, you know, and, and I think for me, like I said, people are finally picking up the phone again. Um, which is joyful, you know, to be able to reach out to people in person now. Um, but the thing that's changing in business development now is it's hard. You have to get out there with content on your social channels. So LinkedIn, Instagram, you know, Facebook, you know, YouTube. Um, what's the other one that's big now? TikTok. Um, you know, that is crucial for creative studios. Um, and so that adds a whole element right. to bus the de business development process because not everyone has a social team. So you have to kind of figure out it's, it's all about content, 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 and having things to put out there. So you just have to figure out your, again, your pipeline and your process so that you're hitting all those things on a weekly basis. It needs to be weekly. I mean, daily, weekly, you know, once a month, I would say at the very least, you know, this is something I've been in, had my own business for a year now, a little over a year. I don't even have my website up. You know, I don't have my social media going yet, or and, and I know I need to, so I'm, right. I'm my own worst enemy, right? So, you know, I've been, my business is always evolving, so it's hard for me to pinpoint exactly what I'm doing with my clients, but um, it's hard. It's really hard. And so for me in the next 25 years, I think business development's going to switch, unfortunately, less of the face-to-face, -face, more of the Zoom, more of the virtual and a lot more of, of responsibility right. for social and content and getting it out there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. No, that's really interesting. I, the, the one thing that you were saying earlier is just posting your work. I don't know why creatives have such a hard time just posting the work that they've completed, but there are studios that have been in business for years and years. I, I'm like, I haven't seen anything from them in a while. And I'm like, I, I'm right. I know, you can't stop us from posting about where, like the, exactly. the day that we're allowed. It's like, boom, let's go. Exactly. Let's launch it here, here, here. Um, like to the point where we even, if we're not able to, um, if we're not able to show a piece on our portfolio, we actually charge an additional Good fee to clients for that. I call Good it a you. missed opportunity fee. Because like it's it's such a huge part right. of how we can keep our business going. If we go radio silent for five months, that yep. the business itself takes a hit on that. So like I need yep. to be able to constantly be able to share these things, and um, 
I don't know. Like I'm, I'm always updating our portfolio. Um, just writing yeah. case studies, just going through the whole thing. Cause I guess the one thing is if, if I waited a year or two right. to write a case study, it's not going to be nearly exactly. as good because it won't be as in depth. There's so many things are gonna be forgotten. Um, so it's writing those, those great case studies and just sharing with people and just, I, I, I don't know. People are always like, well, I don't know what kind of content to your post content. out there. It's like, yeah, oh, the work that what, you're doing what is you're content. doing every like, day. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just yeah, like, exactly. Right. Right. And, you know, even, even us, like we run out of new things to post. Great. We'll post old things. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there that haven't seen the old stuff and great. If they've seen it again. Oh, well, like, I think that's the other thing is that people are like, oh, I posted that last it. year. It's like, that was last year. You right. can, nobody remembers it anymore. You can post the same right. exact thing with the same writing exactly. method. And it's going like, to touch oh, new cool. people too. And I've, yeah. I've certainly done that yeah. before. But... Yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> anyway. Um, all right. Let's, let's go into our final thoughts. Shelby, I'm going to, I'm going to let you kind of go first. Just final thoughts on uh, doing, doing better well, at I'm... business development. Let's just say that or any other thoughts. Yeah, I was that just kind of thinking about this, up. like with the, with the socials discussion, I think a lot of it comes down to retaining your authenticity on the internet. Um, because I think that's something that oh a my lot gosh. of people lose. Yes. We, we post the best parts of our life and we make everything seem like everything's perfect and it's completely washed over. And I, I think that people can tell, you know, especially in meetings too, if it's just, this is the best of the best and that's all I'm going to cover. I, right. I think it's important to retain that authenticity, especially in a time where we can't have face-to-face -face meetings and we can't really establish those face-to-face -face personal relationships. Being yeah. able to go online and just see what somebody's doing, how their life is going in that moment and not have it be some washed over view of their life, a real look at what they're doing, who they right. are at that moment, what they're creating, where they are creatively, the good, the bad, everything. I think it's, I think it's good to retain the authenticity that's and a, be real. That's a really good point. Authenticity right. in your public profile, if you will, which oh, it's, you know, the whole social thing is tough because you do see sides of people that you're like, Hmm, you know, sometimes and then it's, and, and you know but I I so appreciate what you just said because being authentic is not always ever really being perfect or and someone who is perceived as having it all down and having it all figured out that's not real you know and and that's not real in work either by any means so my favorite creative directors that I have ever worked with are the ones that are so always, always curious and always in kickoff meetings willing to ask tough questions of the client um, so that they can learn more about what they're going to create for them. I, I just, you know, and, and being authentic, those people thinking back are really authentic in real life as well as in meetings in my meetings you know and i will say too right. the flip side of that though is you know i i do look at social channels when i start to work with someone i do look at their profile and see what they're posting and you know 
it can sway a little bit one way or the other depending on what you see. I tell my kids that. Like, you know, make don't don't think that people that you're interviewing with aren't looking at your social profiles. They are. Mm-hmm. You know, and just be careful, mm-hmm. especially when my kids right. were a lot younger, you know. But right. Yeah. I that's that's the that's the part that's not really fair for for kids right now is that they're gonna write things when they're thirteen that if they it will. stays there they will be judged on that they when will. they're twenty five so it's 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 not fair but that's something that I don't know I guess this yeah. newer generation has to really and think I about. mean in all honesty but, you know I'm a lot older so I really don't think about what I post as much I don't post anything political ever I try not to. Mm-hmm. Um, but good thing you know, I don't worry too much about what I'm posting because it's just I don't know I it's my dogs and my family and you know stuff like that but I do enjoy right. following people though there's certain people in the industry that mm-hmm. I enjoy following you know that you know and people out there right. too that I follow that I really want to work with for both what they do in their work and right. you know what their interests are outside of work, you know? Right. Honestly, for for me, it's always been a big thing too, that authenticity thing where it's like, honestly, I tried. I tried dressing up nice when I go and visit people, but it's just, it's not me. It's never been who I I am. So that's why I just kind of (laughs) committed to the hat every day where I'm like, you know what? Like, it's just, it's how I'm comfortable. And it's, it's this weird thing where I think that it, I don't know, like, to me, I, I always, you know, people always say, like, you got to be a thought leader in what you're doing. And maybe, but for me, I'm like, I find much more enjoyment being the anti-thought leader. Like, the, oh, I don't know certain things. Or, no, this is just, this is who I am. Like, like I, I enjoy that side of things more. But, yeah, so for me, it's like, when I show up wearing a hat in meetings, it's, I can really? definitely see the surprise in people's faces. Sometimes they're like... Because if if they're dressed up or something like that, they just might not be expecting it. But I don't know. I guess I have the confidence in absolutely what I know in these conversations so that that can overcome anything. So it's almost like <laughs> setting the bar low, <laughs> and then being able to just be like, "Great, That's funny. like now I just exceeded yeah, your bar no, because I, it was so I low." Mean, <laughs> I I was in the business when you know it. You had to dress up a little more, and then slow slowly. Right. Little by little, you know, I would walk into rooms to present and everybody would be in jeans and T-shirt. And it's like I slowly, you know, if that is that's <laughs> yeah. me, too. Like, I don't like to dress up, you know, or wear heels right. or anything like that. And right. and uh, oh, I was so thankful right. when the industry changed and everybody. To, I think it's great. I mean, <laughs> right. I think I think being allowed to be yourself and be comfortable has changed the industry so much, especially the direct business, mm-hmm. you know, the direct to client business. I mean, there was never a time when I would walk into, you know, Chase or Worthington Industries or, you know, way back when and everybody would be dressed up. Now nobody's dressed up, you know, and it's allowed us to just get down yeah. to doing what we do. You know, right. I really think been for the better the way that things have gotten more casual for sure i just i for me it's like anytime i wear like i don't know dressed up button-up shirt or any of that stuff when i do my hair like 
yeah. I don't know. I just, I feel like I'm not really being myself. And I'm like, yeah. that's not really how I want you're to present myself. Yourself. You're to not being authentic, like, like you I said. I want to be real with yeah. them. Yeah. Right. But anyway, uh, Kelly, any, any final thoughts? I know we've kind of gone all over the place here, but anything that you need to say to the world? About I mean, no, just point. really like speaking to owner operators, just, just try to trust in it. Try to understand that it's a long process. Make sure if you're, if you're going to do it, support the people that are going to do it with you. Um, it takes time. It takes a lot of time and you have to have a solid team behind you, including the owner operator. Um, but no, just, um, enjoy it. If you're not, if you're going to do it, enjoy it and work hard at it. Um, it'll, it'll reap the benefits. It just takes time. So, right. Right. Yeah. So let's see here. I would say something similar to that. Um, it can feel really difficult at first in business development sales. Um, and you might hear people talking about different ways to do it. And some of those things might make you cringe. Um, but you don't, you don't have to do every, I, mean, I don't know, I guess. Exactly. Certainly try, try whatever, you know, like you, it doesn't have yeah. to work. You can always learn what not to do, you know, um, but try different things and find what works for you specifically. And I think, I think that's a key thing there is that everybody has a different approach to this. Like me and Kelly both have different approaches to business development. I mean, we have, again, right. common denominators, but we have different approaches and we both do what works well yep. with us, like what feels good with us personally. And just oh I don't know, like gosh. ethically, I guess, is even like a big thing. Like how, how, exactly. how do you want to be sold to, you know? And that's, that's constantly what I'm, what I'm asking myself. And it's, it's like, you know, think about those things. Think about the people that you have bought something from in exactly. the past and why, why did you do that? And the people that, the yeah. people that you ignored. Why did you ignore them? Because like you, yeah. you knew that they just wanted a thing from you, right? So it's it's thinking about yeah. those kinds of things and finding your own approach. But I mean, don't don't get me wrong. You, if you're gonna run a business, be freelance, do any of that kind of stuff, you absolutely one hundred percent have to do business development. It's just it's a necessity. It's just in how you do it. I think you can. That's where the creativity yeah. sort of comes into play. There, yeah. I guess when it comes yeah, to yeah, and it should always be evolving. You know, there's not one right way to do anything and your way that right. makes you comfortable is the best way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 100%. Awesome. Well, uh, Kelly, I Thanks really appreciate you me. This was uh, fun. here uh, for, for this. This was a really great conversation. I think oh, a lot of people so. will get a lot from this. Uh, something that the no, industry doesn't talk about enough, most likely. Yeah. Uh, in my eyes anyway. So yeah. I really appreciate you jumping on there and uh um yeah let's uh i don't know i, I never have a good sign off for these things right i keep talking about them like <laughs> and that's the way the cookie crumbles all right i usually i usually go with my all right i love you bye uh, yeah but i i don't know yeah i think people look at me funny sometimes so i'm yeah, like oh. back for sure anyway yeah no right, i really so, uh, i really appreciate this it was great Kelly, it's uh, fun to talk about what I do, and I always learn something from these conversations or remind myself of something. So, um, you know, and I, I encourage anyone who who listens to this and thinks that 
you know, they need to do something different or need to do something new, do it, you know, and reach out to people and run mm -hmm. things by people and, you know, just keep it going. That's the most important thing. Just keep it going. Right. All right. As soon as I, as soon as I okay. say bye here, I want you to stick around for just a moment. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. Love you. Bye. Comanzi Show is created by Made by Things. And if you have a question you would like us to discuss, you can send a message at cmdz.show. And if you like what you hear, leave a review. We'll see you next week with a brand new show.